the Guardian. I want to show that I'm not a sad guy. So when I invited to meet people in university clubs, for instance, last week was, I was at a university club here in Hungary. After my presentation, nobody thought that I'm a sad guy who needs to hide the pain. This is András Arato, a 74-year-old from Hungary. And he's famous. You might not know his name, but if you're on social media, there's a good chance that you know his face. The world knows me as Hide the Pain Harold. Hide the Pain Harold is a meme, a character created by online communities, projected onto this image of a man who looks to many as though he is smiling through the pain. His image has been shared hundreds of thousands of times to convey a sense of faking happiness in an awkward situation. Andras never imagined that his face would become famous around the world, and would even be his ticket to some of those far-off places. But here he is. There was a turning point when I accepted being a meme. And since that time, I enjoy only the benefits of it. I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and this week I learn what it's like to become a meme. The more you try to control it, the more perverse it becomes. It's, it's very teenage space in that way. This is Chips With Everything. So you're retired now, but what work did you used to do? I'm an engineer, an electric engineer, and uh, I was a, a lighting expert. I've been working in, in different companies for uh, more than 40 years. Despite being elected as the vice president of the Hungarian Lighting Society, Andras didn't think fame was in his future. He certainly didn't think it would come in the form it did. He didn't even know what a meme was until he became one. It all started about 10 years ago, when Andras went on a holiday. The whole thing started in a very ordinary way. We had a vacation, a vacation in Turkey. And I think everybody makes selfies during their vacations. And they share these photos with the families and friends. And I uploaded my, uh, my holiday photos to this, to this site, but the only purpose was to show them to my friends. But I wasn't aware that anybody else could see these photos. As you might expect, once he uploaded these photos, he didn't think much about them. But then a photographer got in touch. He was seeking a character like me as a model. And he asked me if I would be willing to pose for some photos. I guess everybody is a little vain in, deep inside. I'm not different, so, so I was proud that a photographer has chosen me as a, as a model. So I said yes, and he did some, some trial shootings. And he was uh, satisfied with the results. So was I. And uh, we, we've been working together for um, maybe two years. And uh, during this time, he made uh, several hundreds of photos, and only a couple of them became viral on the internet. Andras was unsurprised to see how the photos were being used at first. 
Of course, I was curious what, what my pictures I used for, and, and I uh, made some in, image searches on, on Google and find the so-called normal use of my pictures. I was playing roles. So when, when I was a, a doctor, for instance, I appeared on the hospital's homepage. When I was a painter at home, it appeared on a DIY store. But another reverse image search a few weeks later threw up a shocking twist. When I repeated this search, and then I discovered the first meme, it turned out that a guy in America has gathered my photos and uh, made, made some contest. And uh, look, guys, uh, here is that old man. Let's make some fun of it. And his circle made the, the first memes. And I was absolutely not proud of this because they were mostly not, not gentle. So there was some, some rude or even disgusting memes. Too. So I, I, I said to myself, oh, no, I, I don't want this. Then I had to consider, what could I do? Anything that is, is on the internet will remain there forever. As this meme grew in popularity, Andras saw some interesting responses to the photos and this character of Hide the Pain Harold. Some people uh, didn't even believe that I'm a real, a living human being. So they thought uh, I'm, I'm some kind of Photoshop creature. I had to convince the people that I'm a real living person. And we tried to change the attitude toward to these memes, to make some positive outcome of it. Whether they thought he was a real person or not, people around the world loved Hide the Pain Harold. But the original photographer wasn't pleased, and neither were those close to Andrush. I have a son. He's an architect by profession, and he hates to see me in memes. He, he doesn't like this, this modern world this cyber culture. He's a little old-fashioned, much old-fashioned than, than, than me. Since Andras became Hide the Pain Harold, sometimes known as Maurice, he has been welcomed into the limelight. Now that he's a few years in, he enjoys it. But it can still get overwhelming. Prior to this, I was a rather shy guy who didn't like to be in the, in the spotlight. I prefer to stay in the background. And now that so many people know me, that has, that has been changed. I can't go out uh, to the streets without uh, asking me for, uh, to pose for a, for a selfie. And, and not, not only in Hungary. A month ago, I was in South America. And when I stepped on the, on, into the street, a crowd gathered around me. So at the end, I had bodyguards to keep the crowd away. I never could imagine a a fame like this. His fame even came into play when he saved a woman's life. Kind of. I was uh, strolling down on the street and three girls uh, were walking ahead of me. And uh, suddenly one of the girls has collapsed. And I was the closest to her and I helped her to stand up. And the Two other girls uh, began to shout that, oh my God, I can't believe. It's, no, no, it's, it's not possible. And, and the girl who, who was collapsed, uh, he had no idea what these uh, two other companions were, were so excited. 
And last year, this famous face got to use his voice on one of the biggest speech platforms in the world. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. He gave a TED Talk. It's amazing to be here. And the biggest is the TED Talk is the top of all, all, all the things that happened to me. It was uh, last year, last September. But uh, regularly get invitation to, to uh, great places in, in the whole Earth, in the whole planet. So starting from, from South America, Portugal, England, Russia, even in the, the farthest part of, of Siberia. Uh, for instance, I had to change flight in, in Novosibirsk. In, it's, it's in the middle of Siberia. And people uh, stopped me on the airport to make a, to make a selfie with me. So it's, it's incredible. The character of Hide the Pain Harold suggests a man who is experiencing emotional difficulties and trying not to let it show. Andras decided to put his newfound fame to use by promoting awareness of mental health issues. He now works with a mental health charity in Hungary. Uh, I got a lot of messages each day. The people write me that they are really grateful to me that uh, through my memes they could uh, survive the, the, the hardest period of their life. We want uh, to transmit a, a positive uh, message. And uh, that's why I accepted to be a person of mental health phone service, like the Samaritans in, in England. And, 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 I, and I was uh, really very proud that they have chosen me. Despite it being years since the meme went viral, Andrush still feels the need to show those he meets that he's happy. I want to show that I'm not a sad guy. So when I invited to meet people in university clubs, for instance, last week was, I was at a university club here in Hungary. After my presentation, nobody thought that I'm a sad guy who needs to hide the pain. Andrash is not the only person whose face has gone viral. After the break, L. Hunt talks to me about how people become memes, whether there's a trick to gaining this kind of notoriety or if it's just the luck of the draw. I don't think it's something you can ever expect will happen to you, but when it did, I think they knew how to react to it, which is basically to let it happen. Like, don't try and control it. More on that after the break. Welcome back to Tips With Everything. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. This week, we're looking at what makes a person become a meme and what life is like for those who accidentally find themselves in this unique situation. Before the break, Andrash Arato, better known as Hide the Pain Harold, told us how he inadvertently became the go-to face to represent smiling through an awkward or, as the name suggests, painful situation. But he's not alone in this niche kind of stardom. It was super big at like 2011, and it was one. Of, it was same with overly attached girlfriend. Like L Hunt is a journalist who often writes about the human side of the internet and social media. She's talked to some of the other people whose faces get shared and captioned on a regular basis. We're so used to now reaching for other people's expressions and faces as a means of standing in for our own on the internet that we actually forget that uh, these are people who have continued 
aging past the meme or have feelings about how they may be uh, used online. For this episode, we've talked to Hide the Pain Harold. Uh, what are some of the other catchy titles for famous memes? Let's see if I even know what you're talking about. Uh, I spoke to Blinking White Guy uh, and Overly <laughs> Attached Girlfriend. Um, okay, so Blinking White Guy is the one is like kind of in the corner of the screen, right? Am I getting that right? You are, although I don't think you're um, impressively remembering how he initially appeared well, in I think 2013. It, was it like a gaming thing? Exactly, right, yeah. Well done. Why. I think most people who use uh, this guy's face and this reaction wouldn't know that that was where it came from. The backstory is is that in 2013, uh, Drew Scanlon was a producer on a two-hour gaming live stream called Unprofessional Fridays. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was where the hosts sort of sat around chatting about games as they're playing them. And one of the hosts made a sort of off-color pun about hoe and farming with a hoe you can kind of uh-huh. see where it goes mm-hmm. and the producer who's as you say face is captured in the top left hand corner I think um, reacting in real time did this sort of slight blink of surprise and it's a sort of um, you know it's not shock it's not loaded really in particularly any way it's like mild disbelief and mm-hmm. um, what was the other one uh, the other one was overly attached girlfriend Overly attached. So that's not the one with the guy who's looking back at another. No, girl. that's distracted boyfriend. Oh, distracted boyfriend. Right. Overly okay. attached girlfriend uh, predates that by some years. It's the girl who's in her bedroom, often an image macro meme, so with those big impact font caption, mm-hmm. who's grinning kind of maniacally, <laughs> and you know she's got the sort of early two thousands emo haircut, and she just wants to spend all her time with you. She wants to know what you did today, who you spoke to. She just wants you to love her and to never let her go. Okay, so a meme of the past. Yes, it's a quite an old meme. <laughs> yeah, no, but so is blinking white guy. I mean, that was first shot in. 2013 and then it became popular in 2017 so even when these memes become popular sometimes they're really old so you've told us about how drew became a meme andras became a meme after a photographer asked him to model for some stock photos and then he became hide the pain harold would you say that stock photography is the most common starting point for memes it's not the most common but it is fairly typical of a kind of meme. So Distracted Boyfriend you mentioned earlier, that was a stock image. Mm. And I think the models in that stock image have also spoken about how they feel about their internet fame to The Guardian before. I think the prevalence of stock image models in memes more reflects that meme culture is making these out of what they can access. Uh, Stock imagery is obviously available online Um, quite readily. The other one is um, women laughing with salad. So you've told us a bit more about Drew, blinking white guy. Uh, Let's talk again about Overly Attached Girlfriend. Who is she and how did she become that meme? Uh, So Overly Attached Girlfriend is a woman called Lena Morris. Uh, She was a YouTuber and this still that became the meme was uh, from her doing quite a witty parody video about Justin Bieber's boyfriend, uh, which obviously dates it, particularly (laughs) in a moment of time. I think she was doing a parody about Girlfriend. So this was a character she was putting on for her YouTube channel um, that then was taken, I suppose, literally screen grabbed and, and reiterated. So in that sense, the character she contrived was successful, but now she's the face of it on the internet. Because of she was sort of at the early wave of first memes, I think before either of these other two we've mentioned, she appeared on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, she was given a free car. She uh, was flown to Singapore for a staring competition with Jessica Alba. <laughs> 
Um, and she is a Texan who recently quit YouTuber for good um, and says she's hardly ever recognized as her meme in person. Um, and it's something that she doesn't really feel a lot of control over. It's a strange thing that mm. kind of happened to her that's now mostly in her past. I suppose because she was one of the earlier ones, then she must have never expected that this could happen. I think with her and with Drew, Blinking White Guy, they were both aware of the internet in a way that a lot of people wouldn't have been because she was a YouTuber and he worked for this streaming site. I don't think it's something you can ever expect will happen to you, but when it did, I think they knew how to react to it, which is basically to let it happen. Like, don't try and control it. Mm. Do you know if Blinking White Guy has had any positive effects of his meme fame? Well, he told me that he's never attempted to try and monetize it. And I think most of the smart memes mean people know not to do that. Um, but he does have a holding page where he's uh, fundraises for a multiple sclerosis charity. And I think he's raised something like 30,000 US dollars for that, uh, where it's if you've enjoyed Blinking White Guy meme chuck me some dollars for charity <laughs> and that um now he runs a, a travel documentary about gaming on youtube but he looks i've spoke to him on skype he looks kind of unrecognizable oh, okay mm, so he's got help. a beard yeah he's only ever been uh, recognized once as the meme i wonder if so um overly attached girlfriend uh, she gets that distance because she was portraying a character but i suppose people who see that meme interpret it as real genuine portrayal of that that kind of thing which I guess might be quite negative for her yeah I think it's in some ways I found her story the most interesting because she was being quite wittily in embodying that character and now it's it comes across to the average person using that meme or familiar with that meme as she was a kind of psycho girlfriend which is obviously quite a sexist trope I don't think she feels like it's really part of who she is. She sort of said to me, the meme itself feels very separate to me. If I happen to come across it when I'm online, I think, oh, there's my meme rather than there's my face. Mm. It feels like something that kind of happens of them, but not by them in a, any kind of like existential way. Neither blinking white guy nor overly attached girlfriend feel they've suffered too much as a result of their meme status. But as Elle explains, whether or not you relish this kind of fame depends on the context. Like Drew Scanlon said, that he felt grateful that he's just doing a quite innocuous gesture. You know, it's not like he's wearing some kind of like loaded imagery or doing a Nazi salute or something. You know, like it is a fairly innocuous gesture that he's doing and he's never attempted to control it and it was interesting he sort of spoke with this kind of caution where he's like I'm I want to stay in the internet's good graces <laughs> um, so I think there was an awareness there from him that an attempt to kind of wrest back his image from the internet could backfire and if he was even able to do so and so I think that both of them felt quite zen with how it had played out and aware that it could be a lot worse for example like there's a meme um do you know scumbag steve one of the earliest memes probably not it was some guy who um appears in a sort of flat peak cap with a kind of big fur uh, fur lined like parker <laughs> he looks like someone who you know You'd mm -hmm. maybe want to give a wide berth to at a party. Mm -hmm. It's just a family photo that this guy's mother had taken of him that then later reemerged as a meme. And, you know, I always wonder how it feels to be him uh, where he is sort of like, 
the picture online for a time at least of sort of juvenile delinquency and that I think would perhaps be something that's harder to move on from. You talked about some of the benefits that people who become memes have been able to obtain being flown out to to do events and things. Uh, Andras has also uh, had lots of invitations to be involved in things that he seems to quite enjoy. But uh, you also mentioned that that Drew said that he is very careful not to try and make money from his image. Are any of these people able to make money from becoming memes? And and who does make money? Who does financially benefit? Do the people who take the original stock photography hmm. in those cases benefit? Do the social media platforms? I suppose the social media platforms always benefit because anything that keeps people producing content for uh, retweets and likes keeps the, the fires burning, right? And the ecosystem like turning over. Uh, the people themselves very rarely benefit because I think the internet sort of resists them taking credit for something that the internet did, if that makes sense. There are actually two exceptions to this where they have managed to turn it into quite like lucrative uh, empires. And the big one is obviously Grumpy Cat, where mm. that was just a post of a cat with feline dwarfism posted to reddit that then became this multi-million dollar empire and you can see there that that's because there's a cat that can be photographed and taken to like sports games and there's an endless source of content there and it's also not loaded like it's just a cute cat it's fairly straightforward there uh, so the other exception is the teenage girl who a couple of years ago appeared on Dr. Phil and sort of threatened the audience with physical violence. <laughs> and she said, cash me outside. How about that? I can't really replicate it in the same spirit that she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was a scrappy, antagonistic young woman uh, who that became the meme but then she quite quickly managed to turn that into a sort of rapping career but again as with grumpy cat i guess you could say that the thing that she became known for as a meme was true and authentic to her meme if that makes sense and to herself as a personality there was a a a synergy there that meant it was easy for her to carry on producing that way. Whereas, I mean, what is Drew Scanlon going to do? Like, keep turning up to events blinking? (laughs) Like, you know, and I joke about that, but I I think Scumbag Steve did find the hat, did do appearances as his teenage scumbag self. And obviously, there's only so much mileage you can get out of that. Elle has covered memes for a long time now. And while not everyone would want to become one themselves... She says she'd be open to joining their ranks. Um, I think I have a very memeable face. <laughs> so if anyone wants to meme me in like a nice way, not a kind of like bigoted or alt-right or, or sexist way, mm-hmm. I'd be into it. I think that an earnest attempt to become a meme yourself is probably fruitless. I don't think that this is something that can be forced. It has to happen organically because ultimately for a meme to reach that kind of saturation point of, of awareness... It has to be embraced and driven by online communities, and they're very reluctant to have something planted on them. The more you try to control it, the more perverse it becomes. It's it's very teenage space in that way. Andras, are you happy that you became a meme? No, I can say yes. If if you would ask eight years before, I would say, oh no, my God, not at all. So. That was a turning point when I accepted being a meme. And since that time, I enjoy only the benefits of it. 
huge thanks to Andras Arato for telling me his story and to El Hunt for explaining that it's not really in any one individual's power to decide whether or not they become a meme. Here's hoping I manage to avoid that fate. Special thanks to Lucia Udvardieva for helping us with studios in Budapest. Chips is produced by Danielle Stevens. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.